Bungie, for $1,000, the big question. Give me your best shot, giant Jim Jackaroonie. For all the cash, the pride of your camp, and all of your self-dignity, what color is a giraffe's tongue? A giraffe's tongue is... Is what? Red. A giraffe's tongue is red. What do you mean, black? Black? Well, like a child dog or a snake. They have black tongues. It could be a trick question. What is it, red or black? Come on, Sponge, don't flake out on us now. Come on, Spongy. Well, maybe it's red and black. Maybe it's black with red spots on it. I just don't know the answer. Come on, Sponge, this is 4,000 bucks. Yeah. You think I want to be this ignorant? I can't believe it. There's a giant crack in his egg head. Yeah, he's just as dumb as me. Good morning, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast, where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. Nanu Nanu. It's Chris. <laughs> uh, welcome to episode 106. We're yep. talking impossible episodes today. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> episodes that <laughs> we think the stories like don't work without with the way technology has kind of advanced and or just society in yeah, general yeah. i suppose yeah. Uh, yeah or society in general <laughs> it's very open uh you you voted for it so. yeah we posted it it was uh, either gonna be michael versus pinsky uh uh fav- correct answer <laughs> favorite oh. songs uh right in episode doug or this one and uh it was pretty overwhelmingly this one mm. um my worry is that this is going to be like a 15-minute episode. <laughs> oh, I got a lot to say. I got a lot to say. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. good. All right, all right. Why, why do you think people pick this so overwhelmingly? Uh, maybe the topic is just so strange, like outside the realm of what we would talk about. It's not like a typical... I think people like lists, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a strange list, right? Like you got to kind of think outside the box to do this one. Well, thanks a lot, because this took a <laughs> hell of a lot of work. I don't know about you guys, but... I, I mean, I asked you guys, like, how are you even doing the research? Because it's not clear. Yeah. yeah. Starting it <laughs> felt like kind of, um, why did we make this an option? <laughs> like, that kind of research. I agree with that. Um, but as I kind of got into, like, how I was going to go about figuring it out, it became tolerable to figure. I kind of went down, like... The, I started going down the lists of all the show's episodes and just, like, reading the quick synopsis just to see if immediately something came to me that, like, wouldn't work or, you know. Hmm. That's what I did, too, and that is not an efficient way. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going about this. So what did you end up doing? I, I did Andrew's way, but it, it just took a lot of work, and yeah. it got pretty annoying over time, but I will say that I feel pretty good about my list. Oh, okay. Good. I used a lot of Control-F. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're familiar with, 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 with that idea. Well, but it's particularly useful when you have hundreds, Man. nearly thousands of episodes to this, go you, through. That isn't a more, it's a more efficient way, but you really have to narrow your keywords yeah. early, and they have yeah. to be good keywords. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm worried that your list is going to lack the inventiveness mm. of Andrew's, <laughs> or of mine, dare I say. 
It's very well good. <laughs> um, okay, well, what was there any key words that you really, like, hit a jackpot on? No, because I didn't follow that method because I wanted to stumble upon the episodes more organically than that. Hmm. I didn't really want to uh, robotically go through and <laughs> right. pick the Cousin Skeeter episode about... Just so we're fair here, phones. I compiled a list and I watched them. Just to uh-huh. just to really, just to be fair it. here, I did not watch all the episodes <laughs> on my list. All right. Well, uh, I, I mean, flipped through them. But, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, some of them not I'm, serious ones. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Some of them I watched more than once, though. <laughs> That's good. Well, <laughs> well, we did a top seven instead of a top five this time around. Um, do you have a close call? Um, I do, Okay. Ju- I'm not thrilled with it, but I figured if you guys did, that sure. I'd okay. offer it up. Okay, cool. Um, well, should we just dive right into it? Sure. All right. Well, I'll start with my number seven. I went with The Secret World of Alex Mack, the episode called Cheers. Hmm. I partially picked this because I liked the episode name, but <laughs> I gotta make this work. Um, they all go to a bar in Boston. Yeah. <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know, Andrew's a real cheers head. Well, I've been watching it lately for the first time. Oh. Uh, well, but, he's a Frasier head who's yeah, now... Right. It's like going to the origin yes, story. Yeah, back yeah. In. <laughs> Daddy's uh, coming home. <laughs> um, so this one, in this episode, the, the part that I think doesn't work is Annie accidentally mixes up a diskette with her GC-161 <laughs> research, um, mixes up that one with a computer game that Lewis made, and Lars discovers it at the plant. Uh, uh, that's really good. This... <laughs> like a floppy th- disk? Yes, yeah, okay. a floppy disk. Um, this already barely worked in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, for some reason, the floppy disks were red, first of all. I'm uh. guessing it was just like a... When it's on camera, you want to be able to see that color, yeah. but it's dumb. Yeah. Um, and then she also labeled the diskette GC161. No. Which is Alex's, it's the, gen- yeah. it's the, um, it's the thing she doesn't want mutation. anyone to yes. know yes. about her. Yes. <laughs> um, and I just, I mean, if it was today, obviously there would be no discs, it would be if you were carrying this around for some reason, I'm not sure why you'd want it off of your computer, but you'd what was actually? A... Do we know what was actually on the floppy disk? Uh, it's just all of her research on okay. DC-161 so far. Yeah, um, and she mixed it with Ray's? Lewis. Low Lewis, and his was a video game. <laughs> yes, that he okay. was making. And who was Lewis again? Uh, he's one of their friends from school. Wow. Did you guys ever have a like, video game on floppy disk? Um... Yeah. I did, but it was so long ago I couldn't even tell you mm. what it was. But I remember the act of yeah. putting it in. You remember in. the game? I think... <laughs> it's coming to you? I think um, Descent. Hmm. Descent. Do you guys remember uh, Descent? Yeah. It was actually a pretty sweet game. I'm not sure I ever played it. I... It's like you're a ship, and you're like going through this kind of like alien world, and you pick up weapons. I mean, if it came out yeah. now, people would love it. But I forgot that was on, it was on disc. It was on floppy disc. You know, it was definitely on floppy disc. Uh, the Are You Afraid of the Dark computer game. B- 
but yours was I'm positive CD it was ROM. like five floppy disks and you loaded it onto the computer and then it, it was just like such a long setup whatever that. game you had i borrowed and it was a cd-rom oh. hmm. Hmm. hmm okay <laughs> I feel pretty to sure about this. this. Okay, you may be right. You may be right. Well, okay, interesting. Anyway. Cheers. Um, yeah. No, yeah. no recollection of it, but it certainly sounds like it wouldn't work. So, but I do want to. I think um, I'm interested in how how to, for us to be clear on how mm-hmm. modern technology would fix the problem. I don't think it would fix it. I just think it would be even or who would worse. Un- undo, undo. Oh, if like it doesn't. It barely works as it is, and then with today's technology, it makes even less sense what's going on. But it, like, it would have to be like a flash drive or something. Nowadays. Yes, it would be like a yeah, like a USB drive. It wouldn't have anything written on it. Right. It shouldn't have in the first place. But right. it definitely I mean, tec- wouldn't. Technically, in this case. all these episodes could work. They would still work if you if you change altered them. things. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. You guys still have flash drives? Uh, so care about those flash ones? drives? Yeah, sure. Really? You like have like a physical Yeah, a whole box. No. That you no. use? <laughs> no. I mean I have you some mean, though. Yeah. Huh. This segment is brought to you by Dropbox. <laughs> How do you Dropbox? <laughs> it's oh, free and you put oh. all your stuff online there. You don't have to tell anyone. You don't have to hold anything. You can't lose it. Okay. Um Dropbox. We're aware of it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm up I'm up. Yeah. Okay. So my number seven is a tie. Uh, two episodes. Wait a second. Do you have a close call too? Yeah. So you really had ten. Oh, or wait, I nine. mean we're at nine, nine now, yeah, but nine. you're right. I have more. Wow. Um, okay. I hate to make it worse, but I also have a few ties on my list. Oh no. It'll make sense. <laughs> okay. A... So the reason that this is a tie, just first of all, is because I refuse to watch either of these episodes, and I figured one of them. <laughs> Would probably work. Okay, I'm, you know you're off. You're often the thing people like about you is that you are adamant about your research. Yeah, but but also I think most people don't like me, so I like to. <laughs> that's more my brand. All right, so so you're, so you're so, on brand. So I'm on brand is like the unlikable okay. guest. Um, so two episodes of the Mystery Files of Shelby Wu. Now does mm, it make sense why okay. I didn't watch it? No, I would have watched it. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Mystery in the Wilderness, a 1997 episode, and The Mystery Under Our Noses, a 1998 episode. Episode summary for Mystery in the Wilderness, uh, Shelby is on a weekend wilderness retreat with Cindy, Noah, and some strangers when she hears about a microchip stolen from a computer lab on the radio. According to the report, the dangerous thief passed through the same bus station where Shelby and her friends had just been that morning. It's not until they're stuck in a cave with other campers that they realize someone's planted the microchip on them. All that means is someone else in the cave is probably that desperate thief. Sounds possible. Here's why it's not possible. (laughs) Number one, no self-respecting parent allows their child to go to a Greyhound station unchaperoned uh, in the year... Of our Lord 2019. So that's number one. Number two, microchip was just like, people just assumed in 1997 that no one knew what microchip meant or what that like would mean to plant a microchip on someone. Like you would have to physically put that under someone's skin in order for that to be planted, right? 
Unless they were carrying a bag or something. Okay, well, well it's strange I mean, because a microchip, like, what is this? It's just like a generic... Yes, I mean, I guess my, my larger point is that it's in just 90- a generic <laughs> thing that, that, like, the audience in this year is not going to question because it sounds futuristic. In 1997, it could have been a flash drive. Yes, <laughs> yes, um, uh, yes. Qu- qu- quick fact, microchips in 1997 were the sizes of Buicks. <laughs> so, fun, fun little piece of information there. I mean... For me, this is more less that it's impossible, but more of like you wouldn't be able to write this episode now because people would want more information than that. Like microchip doesn't single signal like a futuristic kind of thing that Shelby was going for here. Uh, Episode B here, the mystery under our noses is when the president of the United States is planning a visit, the itinerary is stolen from the police station. I I just I know I looked at this episode. You did? Yeah. Well, I mean it just it's alarming. Absurd. Yeah, it's alarming. Like why the police station would have a paper copy of the president's itinerary and why that would be the only place you could get it and how someone could steal it and how someone could not know it and how that could be a problem. I have more of a problem with the fact that someone stole something from the police station that the mm, than the police yeah. having the itinerary. Well, I I mean just the idea that like First of all, the police would have to have the itinerary. Yes, but they but they wouldn't be the only ones who have it, and that's true. Um, like it wouldn't be a big deal. It it would be on you know more than just like the paper copy that like <laughs> oh someone's who knows where the president's gonna be now. <laughs> I mean that the police station might have it now, but no one's gonna trust a cop. In the 2019 to be able to, like, you know, with something that important. I think you'd have to. We, we know what cops are in 2019. No, but I think they are still, like, the local force that would be present if the president was in town. They would... No, Secret Service has got that. E plus local enforcement. Yeah, but the local enforcement doesn't need to know. They just need to show up and, yes. like, be dumb people who have no idea what's going on outside of a building saying you can't cross this line. I guess so, but I bet you the department still gets the plans. They don't need the secrets, you know? (laughs) And that's why this is dangerous information in this episode. I'm not disagreeing with you, I just disagree with the idea that the police wouldn't receive the information. Okay, well, number seven was my weakest anyway, because I I didn't watch these episodes. (laughs) Uh, But Alex Mack is a real... Not Alex Mack, uh, Shelby Wu is kind of a goldmine of um, probably everything. Every tactic they use on that show is probably... uh, outdated yeah I, especially her online system <laughs> yes <laughs> what i did not realize in reading a ton of shelby woo episode synopses is they really go for it like the episodes are big like the <laughs> the premises are all very dramatic like very i mean these yeah. these two are actually very small like even the president one like these are like x files level <laughs> <laughs> um, premises that that Shelby Wu teen teen detective is gonna solve in twenty two minutes yeah twenty four minutes back yeah. then probably but okay. uh yeah cool Wu for all the Wu <laughs> Wu heads the Wu heads yeah they're uh, maybe out there 
my number seven was also an episode of The Secret World of Alex Mack. Nice. Um, it wasn't Cheers, it was an episode called The Feud. Um, and The Feud aired in December of 1994, and a little bit about this episode. Um, I didn't realize that Alex Mack was that old. Yeah. 94. I think it st- maybe started 94. Sorry to interrupt, but that would no. have just struck me. Yeah. In this episode, uh, there's a hot concert in town. It's uh, All for One. Oh, I thought it was the Blasters. Which, <laughs> which All for One is my first impossible thing, uh, that it would be a sold-out show now. Um, <laughs> the, sh- the show is sold out, um, and nobody can get tickets. Um, and so the episode, the premise is Alex gets tickets, but the girl who helps her gets the tickets. She's taking her when Ray thought he would be invited and so Ray needs to scrounge up some money because tickets, you can't find them anywhere. Um, and so the lab is offering $250 for any kid with information about the oh, spill. So Ray takes Alex's hat and brings it. Um, anyway. Ray. So a couple things about this episode. Uh, initially, the way Alex gets her tickets is there's a radio calling contest to get you know, it's sold out. Very 90s Nickelodeon. Very 90s yeah. period radio calling contests. Yes. Very um, true. But, I mean, we've got several episodes. We've got yes. Salute Shorts. We've yes. got a Doug. we it's, got a... Alex it's all Mac. over the place. Um, now, the problem, though, uh, the, the show's sold out. Um, she needs to call in. Her dad's on the phone. Yes. <laughs> this is really good. Yeah. It's loaded. Um, Fresh sounds from the bad boys of Brooklyn. Now, it's time for the station. Give away two free tickets to the upcoming All for One show. Get ready to grab your phone and call 555-5785. Come on, Alex, let's call. You never win. You sound like Robin. At least try. Okay, we can do this. We can do this now. Come on, just call. Just call. Just call. I disagree, Stan. A loss of control of DNA supercoiling would also mean... My dad's on the phone. Well, ask him to get off. This is important. Okay. Dad? Sorry to interrupt, but I really, really need the phone. I'll be off in a minute. Okay. Let me know. He says he'll be off in a minute. Is he talking science with someone? He'll never get off. And so, all for one, one phone line for a house of four... Um, no call waiting. <laughs> uh, and plus, my major concept here was that this idea of that, like, there's only two ways to get tickets. Either you go to a store to buy them, which Ray's dad tries, sold out, or this radio call-in. Where, like, and we're living in an era where there's literally 500 ticket websites yeah. where if you need to go to a show, you can, you know, spend yeah. the money <laughs> you need to go to a show. Um, so it just seemed kind of loaded with some stuff. A question, what was your keyword to find this? Because I, I think this is a great number. I'm very excited for your six through one if this is your seven. Mm-hmm. This is a very strong seven. Yeah, now that I'm talking about it, it might be too strong. <laughs> I searched, I think I searched radio. Ah, uh, um, radio. Smart. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, no, 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 no. Phone. Mm. Less smart. Because I'm like, phone, okay, but that could be anything. Yeah, I mean, I had a ton of searches. When I say I controlled F, you controlled the F out of that. <laughs> my let's just say the F button on my laptop is it's tired. I was I was okay. I'm, I was looking for a stronger finish to that. Nope. <laughs> um, do you remember All for One's um, 
song of 1994. Oh. Um, it's also their most famous song. I swear? Yeah. yeah. That's a 94 song. Um, there is, the last shot of the episode is stock footage of All for One on a stage with like a crowd going crazy, but clearly not filmed by Nickelodeon. It's like a really processed piece of footage. And it, no joke, is like five seconds, and then the episode just cuts to credits. <laughs> For better or worse, was uh, That episode is available on Daily Motion for those who want to check that one out. Daily Motion. Yep. Do they do anything other than '90s Nickelodeon? <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of wrestling. <laughs> that makes sense because that's the 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 biggest intersection of interests of podcast <laughs> listeners. Nice Nickelodeon and wrestling, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's do number six. My number six is Keenan and Kel, oh. The Lottery. Mm. Oh. Um, it's the big lottery draw, and Kel has the $64 million winning ticket. However, it ends up in an old lady's groceries as he and Keenan desperately attempt to retrieve it. These I got these from uh, Wikipedia. This is an absurd. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Only Keenan and Kel, Chris. Oh, here it goes. <laughs> um, this one, this might have not even been possible at the time. I'm not 100% sure, but it's definitely not possible now. Like, there's no way that the wrong person can turn in a lottery ticket for 60, for that much money. Is that true? And, yeah. Like, they go back and, like, re- figure out who bought it uh, or whatever. Okay. Um, so what if just you no bought possible. it with cash? I think they go back. I think they... I don't know how they do this, but uh, maybe it has something to do with the cameras in the place. Like, they uh-huh. might go back and look at the cameras. I mean, it's happened a couple times recently hmm. where somebody tried to turn in a ticket that wasn't theirs and they figured it out. Wow, okay. So... This is a... That's uh, a really interesting impossible. Yeah. That is. And the lady at the end of the episode, like, she's on the lottery and she admits that it wasn't her ticket and that it was in, she found it in her bag unexpectedly. Do so, Keenan and Kel get it back? No. That's just it. Oh, boy. She gets the money and... Show ends if they get it back. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> are the Rockwells just sitting on yeah. $64 million? Yeah. yeah, Rockwells become the Rockefellers yeah. at that point. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That was that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Are you guys familiar? So, when the Powerball was really high, a few months ago, mm-hmm. I bought a ticket. As it, it was like Pretty everyone good. bought a ticket. Do you remember that? It was I like didn't. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And the place I bought a ticket, they insisted that I paid cash for it. Hmm. Yeah, I like instead of a card. Uh huh. Yeah, you definitely can't buy any kind of lottery with a credit card. Okay, then of any sort. Oh, okay. Well, it's weird if they if they want to know your identity. Um, I, I don't know how they do it. I just know I've seen this happen. Because even if they pulled up the camera, like then like what they do a facial scan or yes. Yeah, are you sure you're not making this up? I know I'm <laughs> definitely like, not like making this up. I'm not making this up. <laughs> Sounds like a Shelby Woo, to be honest. Yeah, we gotta get Woo on the case. Gotta get her unretired from her hedge fund management. (laughs) Alright, what's your number six? Alright, my number six is also a tie. Same theme. I've got an episode of My Brother and Me called Real Men Don't Wear Tights. And an episode of Clarissa Explains It All called Clarissa's Revenge. Episode one. Hmm. Yep. Oh. 
So that's uh, 1994 and 1991, respectively. Uh, so these are both about uh, fashion and more about, like, making one... Yeah, they're both about fashion. So the the My Brother and Me uh, episode turns on Alfie not wanting... Really wanting to be the star in the school play, which is Robin Hood. But then he backs out when he realizes that Robin Hood has to wear tights. Check it out. Hey, that's fly. Yeah, goo. You really look like a prince. Here, try these on. It fits. Now try the tights. The tights? Yeah, they're part of your costume. <laughs> Where's the tutu? I'm not wearing any tights. Tights are for girls. They're not just for girls. Lots of dancers and athletes wear them. You're crazy. I'm not gonna have the whole school laughing at me. Alfie, you're being silly. If you want to play the part of Robin Hood, you have to wear the tights. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Then I quit. Yeah, first of all, that would never happen now. Tights called compression pants. Very cool. You guys ever go to the gym and see dudes with basically tights on? It happens all the time. You just asked me and Andrew if we ever go to the gym. I know. Sorry sorry to out out you guys. But as the the gym heads in the audience know, you see people wearing, or if you just even watch like sports, you see like training gear is all super tight, like super, they call them compression pants for whatever reason. So, but for whatever reason, probably because of this. Probably because of this, yeah. <laughs> For whatever reason, Alfie doesn't doesn't feel manly enough wearing tights. But in in this day and age, like it would be very cool to be like it's cool. Does to he have, come like, around to it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> probably, he probably does. Anyway, moving on to Clarissa. This is the famous Clarissa training bra episode. Uh. Uh, just come on. I, I don't. I don't think we need to to go there with with young people. It definitely wouldn't go there. Just come on. <laughs> I mean, uh, town would be do you in mean? Do you mean in the sense that like TV wouldn't even do something that risky? No? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not even that it's risky. It's that it's like it's sensitive. We know how we, we like people. Your people. TV execs are going to be reluctant to have a storyline that deals with something as sensitive as like a girl's first bra i'm not saying that's bad or good but i think that there's no way that that would appear on tv especially as a first episode of something you're probably right yeah it's pretty unbelievable that you put um, it that way. yeah although, although it really establishes because it's ferguson oh, who it's, yeah right it makes ferguson a clear villain yeah it's a really good establishing moment yeah. To make Ferguson the film. I did watch this episode because, you know. I actually love My Brother and Me too. I just didn't find the first half of the episode to be... I watched half of it. Um, and uh, this is also the episode, just to keep in mind about re- realism, where Sam is trying to not play football. He, he attaches large helium balloons to carry him into the oh, sky. Yeah. Uh... He's lifted into the sky and crashes into a nearby tree, falls to the ground, injuring his arm, and is no longer able to play football. 
also unrealistic because. <laughs> Not, you, you don't. I don't know if you have to explain it. Oh no, no, it's not, it's not for that because I think you know kids. You know, Bill Cosby says kids say the darndest things. Yeah, I think what's really true is that kids do the darndest things. If you really think about it, I think both probably could be true. <laughs> In any case, I, I don't have a problem with Sam thinking that that will get him out of football. My problem is that a parent would in 2019 would be more likely to not want. Sam to play football in the first place because of what we know about concussions, mm. what we know about mm. CTE. Sure. So it would be weird for a a child to be so pressured into playing football that they feel like they need to break their arm mm. to get out of it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number six was from The Adventures of Pete and Pete. It's an episode Ooh. called Hard Days Pete. Uh, aired in January mm. of 1994. Interesting what he has to say about this. Yeah. Um, so, so, for those who don't remember, this is the episode where little Pete walks by a garage in which a band is playing. Uh, he stops for a second to observe the band, more puzzled than anything, uh, moves along on his way, only to realize that the song gets stuck in his head, uh, and then it then it drives him crazy as far as what is the song. Um, and so I said that. Uh, you know, a simple Google search uh, nowadays, because Pete remembers the lyrics to the song. He remembers the melody. Um, a simple Google search, and I did it myself, of the line, nobody knows I was around, uh, the first thing that comes up, plus lyrics, of course, uh, brings up Summer Baby by Polaris. Whoa, I'm glad um, that you did the research there. Yeah, so, um, you know, does not require pointing your radio to the sky or learning how to play guitar to figure out the mighty E chord. <laughs> uh, you know, you don't have to put together a band. And so I really, I think in the modern age, there is no such thing as the mysterious song anymore, uh, which was, I can personally attest, a thing that existed of hearing a song, not hearing who it was by, and then spending years trying to figure out who it was. Um, just not possible. I mean, even to the point of, now little Pete, was hearing it live but you can hold up your phone and there's now you know yeah. ways to just detect the song this segment brought to you by shazam <laughs> shazam for when you need to know what a song is shazam <laughs> so so joey you're, you're setting us up for the the question what was an example of a song that you desperately wanted to know that you like ended I've, up. I've already discussed it but um uh, it was um sink to the bottom by fountains of wayne oh yeah yeah, yeah. um You're, didn't you recently talk about that yeah i forget why but um yes it drove me nuts for years <laughs> and uh i i've mentioned that it was uh on, i originally heard it on a the mtv movie awards going to commercial and i don't remember how i found it but um i had something to do with the internet I considered this episode uh, I finally fell on thinking it could be like if you were walking around your neighborhood and saw some local band playing something you might never be able to find it again that's the only you may uh, never see a band in a garage either that's though. true that's true <laughs> um I that's yes, except for but for this episode, Pete knows the words to yeah. the song. Just kind so of we get at least. So I've had I've had like modern instances of this where I've really liked a song, and then I wasn't sure if the person who was playing like if I'm going to see a show, 
Like, that was a hell of a song. It's almost too good for this band. I don't know if they wrote it or not. Mm-hmm. And, and I've looked up, I've looked up, like, or tried to remember lyrics from a song to be like, did you guys write that song or is that a cover? Uh, and I had that experience a couple of years ago. I kind of accidentally, like, I really love this song that I heard by a, a local band in Austin. And I was in San Francisco walking down the street and there was a homeless man in the middle of the street with an acoustic guitar playing the same song. Hmm. But I, I actually had never even considered that this was a cover. Cause like, I'm like, man, this song is so good. And, uh, the song is called, well, I don't even know what the song is called because i looked it up and the, uh, the, the band that I liked, the song was called depression blues. And there was no other song called depression blues. So I'm like, Oh, these guys wrote it. But the same <laughs> lyrics, this other guy was singing and, and it turns out it has a totally different title. Um, but it was, it was kind of a, a moment in the same vein. Hmm. Also, if I can briefly share my version of that, I and I don't know if you guys remember this song. It was like a jam in 92.3 song. Mm-hmm. It went something like this. Don't want no short, short man. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah. I used to like wonder what that was. <laughs> it like haunted me. Uh, I still don't know what it was, but I remember trying to find what that song was. Yeah. And, and, and what are you tip, talking about? Tip, tip to the listener. <laughs> Uh, I think that's, the, the, that second short is not what, correct. I was just about to say the lyrics are much more explicit than yeah, that. <laughs> turns out the lyrics are more, much more explicit. I did not know that at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. was of more course. interested in the in the PG lyrics. Right. Than, yeah. They're well. They're funnier. Yeah. Sure. They're funnier. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think I told you this before, but I remember seeing a band live when I was like twelve, and the band covered um, "Surrender" by Cheap Trick, but I thought it was their song because I had never heard <laughs> "Surrender" like, before. Like, I'm yeah. just standing there like. This is the greatest band maybe I've ever <laughs> seen, and the song is an instant classic. <laughs> and, this song is an and, instant classic. And uh, I went probably a good two, three years before like I heard Cheap Tricks version and went, "Oh boy, I'm dumb." Like, hmm. you know, just was stupid. it a local band? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. Wow. Well, not to uh, uh, you know push this into the ground, but. Um, <laughs> I had a similar thing. I heard uh, what I didn't know at the time uh, on Conan. John Linnell was like of doing the his, yes, was doing his solo album at the time, and I like was trying to figure out what this was. I didn't know. I didn't like at the time know who that he was part of. They might be giants. Uh, like I didn't put that yeah, together. Yeah. And. So I thought he said it was called Steak Songs. And I was like, Steak Songs? What the hell? So I'm like (laughs) looking everywhere, calling all the record stores around here. Like, do you have this? They're like, we don't know what you're talking about. Uh, (laughs) And finally I figured out it's called State Songs. State. As in states. Um, Yeah. But that's like, like that would not happen now. If I looked that up, I'd come up with it. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're an idiot. Yes. It would, uh, well, Google would correct it for you. Yeah. But even these stores at the time are like one, <laughs> two letters off. Like, they can't come up with it. All right. Well, yeah, number six is Hard Day's Pete. Good. Nice. Good pick. Thanks. Um, I'm, do any of your picks have to do with what generated this idea in the first place? Because I don't recall what generated this idea. Um, maybe. Hard Day's Pete, it feels a little close. Like, maybe did that 
we haven't talked about it yet, but um, I think I do have an episode on here that may have been the Genesis. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, well, my number five is Doug. Doug bags a nematode. Oh. Um, and the reason why this was on my list is because Doug, or at one point in the episode, Roger tricks Doug into searching for the local legend of the nematode. Um, it's episode one. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, oh, today you could immediately search that and <laughs> see that search. it was a yeah. fake thing. You know? Yeah. There'd be no trickery. Yes. The segment brought to you by Snopes. Snopes, where you look up stuff to see if it's true. Snopes. You mean Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. Closer to the Doug era. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. But this kind of then ruins the whole, like, Roger being an effective bully. And kind of ruins the episode. Yeah, you need something for him to do. Yeah. But that's, um... Roger sucks. I like him as a bully, though. He's, like, a great... He's only a good uh, bully because Doug is such a wimp. Okay, I know you don't like Doug, but... <laughs> I watched three I episodes like Doug. of Doug in anticipation of the show and only came away with the, the fact that like, Doug is a spineless oh, cowboy. Maybe he's just trying to be a regular kid, do his own thing, not get in anybody's way. <laughs> it's good. No problem with the... Definitely the jingles are good. Yeah. Well... I, I, I had the brilliant thought that I think is still brilliant that uh, like 86% of Doug's appeal is because of the sound. Like it is so That's soundy. A big. It's not even the music, it's just the sound. Yeah. That's why I people like it. about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge the guy's element. Name? Um, uh, I remember. Newman? Something Newman. Yeah. Fred Newman. Yeah. Fred Newman is his name. See, I know it. Yeah. He's <laughs> because great. he's so good. Yeah. <laughs> He is talented. I don't think I would like to have lunch with him. Did you? I wouldn't mind him talking or something. No, but I, I, I imagine he's the kind of person who just won't shut up. You, you think he's ma- making uh, you're sound have, effects as you're, you're gonna have a slander suit on your? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, you hear that, Newman? <laughs> he's making right. noises as you're walking across the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite is like the, the like the like the really minor ones. That, that's just like, you know, like a leaf falls and it's like, uh, like yeah. I'm unbuttoning my button. Pew! <laughs> it's the it is those touches that kind of I think make a memory. For sure, yeah. Yes. yeah. It's weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, what's your number uh, five, Chris? My number five is also a Doug episode. Mm. It is Doug's hot ticket. Aha! Uh, yeah. Is that on your list? I could tell. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that. <laughs> uh, I jumped again. Uh, 1991. It's a year. Uh, so, everyone knows Doug's Hot Ticket. If you listen to the podcast, you know that involves Doug uh, going on the bus, them getting stu- to, to see the beats. They, they get stalled uh, at a rest stop by a truck driver who's telling them all these interesting tales, which mm-hmm. who I find very... I like yeah, that character. I like that uh, number one, this goes back... Maybe I should have grouped this with my woo. Uh, no way any parents would let... What is Doug? Like? He's Fifth like eight? <laughs> I think a little older. Maybe nine, ten. Okay, so Doug's ten max. Yeah. Going on a bus, unchaperoned... To freaking Bluffsburg? <laughs> I mean, have you seen Bluffsburg at night? 
No, thank you. Uh, so that's first of all. I don't think that would happen. Number two, uh, obviously they would, they would have like, if that were if it were a chaperone visit, there would be someone to make sure, especially the guy who's sitting with them, who's the conductor of all this at the rest stop. He's the one who's hanging out with them. He would be the one to be like, hey, we gotta go. Hmm. Especially in our year yeah. 2019, you don't want to get sued. <laughs> I didn't see Doug sign any legal waiver. No. I didn't see... Uh, what are Doug's parents? Uh, uh, Phil, funny. Oh, I'm glad you remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Theta? Oh, yeah, yeah. Doesn't sound familiar to me. That one doesn't really say to it. Me. Theta? Yeah. Like T-H-E-D-A? Yeah. Hmm. Well, in any case, uh, <clears throat> no way parents will let you go on the bus alone. I'd agree with Number that, two, no. no way that like the chaperone wouldn't make sure that all the kids are accounted for. And number three, <laughs> to get back to cops, there's no way that a cop would take you to the show. Cops don't even come to your house when you get robbed <laughs> in 2019. In 2017. I've had my house robbed. I had, I've had all of my stuff stolen out of my house. And the cops would not even show up because they're like, oh, what are we going to do about it? Yeah, but maybe they would if you're like, I'm 10. Yeah. A little kid. Well, if they're going anywhere, they're taking that 10-year-old <laughs> back home to Bluffington. Yeah, but he they're was, he was the, the guy who the inspired beast. my socks. Where's my socks? Where's my socks? Those were his socks. Those were his socks. Did, did you... Did that... I feel like even as like a 10-year-old watching that, I'm like... um. They're from England, dude. Like, there's no way that's right. Yeah, but they tore a lot in the United States. Yeah. But that's a hit for them. That yeah, was their first hit. Side? Yeah. What about it? No, it's not, it wasn't their first oh, hit oh, because yes. I, I watched I watched the other Doug episode mm -hmm. where they called into the radio because yeah. I was hoping that would be on my list. Yeah. And the their first hit single, I don't remember. It's not one that we know. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, but Where's My Socks, you'd think, would have been composed in England. Okay. Um, could, could not be, though. I mean, maybe. Yeah, no, you're. that's a good point. Um, this episode always felt like a weird, like, almost like it was more appropriate in, like, the 70s or 80s. Like, felt, yeah, like, more Even natural. in the 90s, it doesn't work. Yeah, where, yeah. like, a 10-year-old shows yeah. up at the concert. I mean, Detroit Rock City <laughs> is, is more believable than, than yeah. this. <laughs> Shout out Detroit Rock City. <laughs> I know you love it's, it. Yeah, it is good. Uh, okay. Well, uh, my number five is a Keenan and Kel episode entitled "Picture Imperfect." Mm. Uh, it, it aired in February of 1999. Mm. Uh, the premise here is that uh, Bill Bellamy has started uh, shopping <gasps> at the convenience store. <laughs> this is the first epi episode that mentions Bill Bellamy, which is amazing because Bill Bellamy was omnipresent. In the 90s. <laughs> is there another one, though? You're saying it's the first Just episode that mentions... No, the first episode of Big Orange Couch. Oh, oh I see. Bill Bellamy yeah. was everywhere. Yeah, he's a big deal. <laughs> I forgot about him entirely right? until which, this moment. Right. I don't think most people would... Either they wouldn't remember, kids wouldn't know who he was... If you don't know um, who he is, look him up and put some respect <laughs> on his name. Well, he's in town. He's shopping a lot at the store. That is not the major premise that I have a problem with, even though I do think it's a 90s <laughs> thing. 
Um, the big thing that happens is that the yearbook photos, uh, the kid who's in charge of the yearbook photos in the dark room, uh, he, Keenan and Kel want to see where the pictures are being developed, so he brings them in there. Kel spills a bunch of liquids on everybody's yearbook photos, and now the yearbook is ruined. Um, the basic idea here being that uh, photos would be digital and yeah. uh, not paper copies, where if Kel spilled something on them, the whole yearbook would be ruined. Um, and so in the episode, they get uh, they have to find a way to get these pi- kids' pictures again without telling anybody they ruined uh, the original copies of the photos. So they know that Bill Bellamy is coming into the convenience store at the same time every day. <laughs> so they say, meet Bill Bellamy and get your picture taken. It's actually pretty funny at the end. And so all these kids line up in the store and Bill, Belly do- Bill Bellamy doesn't know about it beforehand. But they kind of, you know, they use their magic. And, but they have him stand far enough away from the person <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that they're just you know, taking the picture. And then the ultimate joke ends up being that Kel was taking the pictures, but all the pictures are Bill Bellamy and not the kids. <laughs> uh, who can blame him? Yeah. Bellamy was a, was a real hot shot. So, you know, the Bill Bellamy plus the fact that uh, the idea of a yearbook not being digital photos, you know, which doesn't work anymore. I like it. This feels more like a number seven, though. Hmm. I feel like if... I would I would like to swap your seven and uh, well I do five. I do kind of feel like uh, on this list I didn't put a ton of thought on priority I just feel like these are all kind of equally like impossible and absolutely well, they just yearbooks don't work like this anymore and really photography doesn't work much like this anymore. oh yeah uh, I was sorry I was trying to think of a famous photographer. <laughs> I, uh, we'll wait. F- <laughs> uh, hold on. Um, Ansel Adams. And Geddes. <laughs> okay, okay and Geddes. All right, all right. Yes. For those of you who don't know, she's the one who takes pictures of the babies that are like in like corn cobs or whatever. <laughs> I bet you even she works mostly digital now. Uh, no, I think she respects the art of photography. <laughs> I don't doubt that she prints some of her photographs for, like, art galleries. Well, just like... I mean, I don't know anything about photography, but I know that bands still record on tape. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So I'm imagining photographers that are worth their salt still shoot on film. I feel very solid in saying that a high school does not have a dark room <laughs> where they are taking physical photos and then managing those into a yearbook. Okay. I think they need a new uh, yearbook teacher, but can you be a I... yearbook teacher nowadays? Can you just do that? You can be a supervisor, I think. I know, but like, can you get hired at a high school, economies being what they are these days, <laughs> Sure. as just a yearbook teacher? I think that would depend on the uh, priority of the schools. There have to be a very good yearbook teacher. I, I would, my money would be on that there's a digital arts teacher probably teaching like electives type thing, and uh, that teacher would probably run yearbook. That's all yeah. I got. You guys ready for uh, <laughs> number four? Or... Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have, this is a tie for me. Um, Doug Rocks. Mm. Thought about uh, it. <laughs> 
Doug and Skeeter win tickets to see the Beats from a radio calling contest, mm-hmm. and Salute Your Shorts, the radio calling contest. Uh, I didn't find either of these uh, convincing enough to make okay, my list well, at all, let alone number allow four. Allow me to explain. Um, <laughs> in this one, if you don't remember, the campers help Sponge study for a radio trivia contest. And part of the reason why I picked this is because it's such a prevalent thing during this TV sure. time. And that it doesn't exist in the world now. Um, I think it's it a does. Pretty much, I don't think it does. I think it's a pretty much impossible thing to do because you can instantly look up the answer to any question that they might have. Especially the way they're laid out in, this, in these shows. I think on AM Sports Radio, they still have these contests because I listen to a lot of AM Sports Radio <laughs> still. Uh, and I don't understand how they do it. That's what, but, but you're probably right. I'm, I'm probably I right. mean, maybe they do it, I guess. I don't see how it works, though. People you just, can you just have to have just like a really the... short amount of, like, we need it in five seconds. Three seconds. Yeah, even so. Like, you can look up stuff pretty quick. You can look it up while you're calling. If it's ringing, you're looking it up. I don't have a problem with these. I mean, I think it's, uh, I think even the form is probably outdated of call, a, a calling contest. Yeah. Uh, and... Well, Joey doesn't have a problem. So, so continue. <laughs> well, you're just going at him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was really, that was it, really. Um, they're just outdated. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, maybe they exist. He I doesn't guess, have to convince Chris's you world, of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just his pick. Oh, so uh, the, the episode titles again were Doug Rocks. Uh, Doug Rocks and the Radio Call. Yeah. Okay. Yep. This segment is brought to you by HQ, the trivia app that everyone plays in which you answer questions that are trivia based. Quickly. And win That's one good. penny. <laughs> <laughs> if you get the 10 questions. So you've won. Sound like a winner. What have you won? No comment. Are you, have you won the office trivia? Uh, That's the only one that everyone I don't wins. know. I deleted it a long time ago. Yeah, I should because I haven't played it in like a year, but I still haven't even turned off the notification. So like every Ooh. day, like three times a day, it's like, it's HQ time. <laughs> yeah. And I ignore it. <clears throat> All right. What's your number four? That's pretty good. <laughs> my number four you guys might remember from last week is the amanda show episode 25 no <laughs> proceed uh this is this one kind of goes under the guise of like what the kids call canceled you know like how like kids say like it's we're canceling white men like yeah you know, like that there's a lot of stuff that would have been canceled before in the in this term all right I'm going to go in order uh, of the episode, but also because it kind of escalates. Um, is that Russian accent problematic? Yeah, I thought about that, but they never say Russia, and then I thought maybe it's like a just a Eastern European... Yakistanesian? Ah. <laughs> like Fenchuk. I mean, yeah. it's obviously associated with them being like shady and dumb and like trying to scam people. Mm-hmm. So those are like negative qualities associated with a certain way of speaking. It also, I think, implies that like a foreigner, foreigners are so dumb that like mm. that they also think it's a good idea. Yeah, I think I don't think it's flattering to the characters. Yeah, I'm saying it's problematic. Okay, slightly. Yeah. <laughs> Wait okay. a second. So I'm confused as to what's impossible. Uh, being able to air a show with these 
sketches. Oh, okay. Just because, like, almost all of in them... In general. Yeah. <laughs> almost all of them would, like, be canceled by a TV exec almost immediately. Okay. So, that one, based on, like, the accent, like, do we really want to do that? Then there's, like, the one where she puts ice... Sorry. Uh, just to add on to that, also, it's taking place in a video store, which really doesn't exist there you anymore. go blockbuster <laughs> yeah i was going more on like the offensive thing yeah, but yeah, that's sure. a good point like definitely well there is one blockbuster yes in the we, US. we know do we know oregon yeah have we talked about this do you know where oh bend. Where? yeah bend yeah i was gonna move there mm-hmm. i saw that and then you saw that uh <laughs> and I saw that they had a blockbuster and you're like <laughs> nope jesus christ I'm like, <laughs> might as well move to deadwood <laughs> all right um Second thing, the ice cream down the shirt of yeah. a of a Very of weird. someone who's like, I don't know if she's I don't know how old Amanda Bynes is at that point, but I'm this she's at least playing someone who's under eighteen, mm-hmm. like very oh, yeah. weird, mm-hmm. not necessary, yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, the hillbilly thing is just out of control. Like, there's no there, stereotypical. There is no way. Like, these are an escalating order of like impossibility. <laughs> like the Russian accent, I think it's. I, w- I would say, give it a hard no, but maybe someone would, you know, like Fox News or something would allow that <coughs> to happen. Uh, but the the ice cream down the shirt, maybe someone like Fox News would allow that to happen. Or if they're like really little kids and it's super innocent. And... Yeah. Yeah. I but think it's just supposed wasn't. to be. But, but the thing is, she's not a little... She's like 16 and she's like very much... Like, her looks are part of the appeal of the show for mm. at least the female audience. Yeah. More problematic because probably, like, some 35-year-old dude wrote it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, the hillbilly thing, like, just way over the top. Like, at this point, like, that's lame. Like, <laughs> there are lots of people who live in rural parts of West Virginia who aren't stupid, you know, who might speak in a similar way that's just stupid uh and then the sitting bull thing like i know i you guys covered that last week but i i watched this whole episode because i wanted because because you posted it yeah on uh, on twitter and i that sitting bull thing was so rough like <laughs> I mean, this is a a hugely important figure in a very sensitive part of American history that you're reducing to to corn, not only corn feathers and underwear. Yeah, Yeah. like okay, so (laughs) a little bit of context: we live in Cleveland. the The mascot for the baseball team here, the Cleveland Indians, Chief Wahoo. Very controversial. They've been talking about removing Chief Wahoo as the mascot for a long time. It's if you haven't seen it, I don't know how you haven't, but it's like a, a red faced sort of Indian stereotype, and like the red face is associ- associated with like being drunk, big nose. I mean, just like an almost um, like nineteen twenties, thirties. What do you call it? Like. Uh, caricature caricature what, what what's the, like with african-american stereotypes what do, you, what do you call that sambo like yeah like a sambo figure um and that's a hugely controversial thing to this day here here in this episode we have uh sitting bull saying that he doesn't understand what 
the feathers in his headdress symbolize. Like, I know it's just a like an innocent TV show, but like that's a pretty powerful. Like, I'm serious. That's a pretty powerful message to give to like kids who haven't learned or don't care about their American history class. That like, okay, here's this Native American figure who knows that his headdress symbolizes something, but he doesn't even remember what it symbolizes. Like, which tells them that like it's this empty, meaningless thing that they don't have to care about and they don't have to think about. Uh, and I think that. I do agree with Andrew. The joke of call me sitting, I do think is funny. <laughs> uh, his name is Sitting Bull. Call me sitting. Th- that's just like an airplane era, like classic yeah. joke. Uh, but like ultimately that it just does so much more harm than good to, uh, to depict a native American actual historical figure as someone who's an idiot. Like, what are you gaining? Whatever laughs you're gaining from that, which are few because it's poorly written, besides that one joke, uh, like, are clearly outdone by how stupid and offensive it is. Yeah. I, I agree with that. On top of the fact that, like, uh, I get you, well, you watched it, so you saw it, like, on top of the fact that the sketch ends with dancing little people. Yes. Yes. Which is just, uh, I would, I don't think would happen now. You know, also something about that sketch that we didn't mention last week, I just forgot. Um, the last joke, like, they almost, like, skim over it really quick. But it's like, um, she asked him about underwear, and he's like, what's underwear? But I guess the joke's like, he's not wearing underwear. Right, you know, because he like, only wears which the... Which is a very... Because he's, like, wears, like... He's too primitive, yeah. right? Like, yeah. underwear is he's for... naked in this hot tub with this... No. Oh, I didn't yeah. think of it that way. Yeah. Oh boy! No, no matter what it's way problematic. You, yeah. No matter what way you, you, you slice it, it does, it does not work. I will say though that um, that initial joke of the head flying off, hilarious. Uh, yeah. I did. <laughs> right. The show starts with promise. I I thought that was so funny, and like I knew it was coming, but I actually didn't totally understand what you guys were saying and so when i watched because i listened to the episode before i watched it i thought that was very funny yeah um the amanda i i mean this gets into the whole amanda show thing i totally understand why melissa loved the amanda show i could see it i think that she is like particularly someone who would love the amanda show i think she came of about that at the exact right time i think that like she has some similarities to that care to like her characters in some ways um, and I think that Amanda Bynes is a good actor. Like, in some of her sketches, like, when she's, like, when when she's that weird girl in the beginning, you know, whatever. That, I think that this is good acting. Yeah. Like, I think that, like, she's a very talented person. Um, and I think it, it, it ultimately suffers from the all that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like, whatever that is, like, doesn't age well. But it, I, I'm interested. I think I would like to do a versus. I'd like to hear a versus. I don't want to do it. <laughs> of an all that versus Amanda show, hmm. uh, or Kenny Kell versus Amanda show, maybe like a spinoff thing because like, um, I think that she's more talented than most of the all that people. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if I disagree. Yeah, but holy hell, that <clears throat> that episode is chock full of things that like, I'm not. I don't want to be someone who's easily offended, but like, man, that. That should not fly. (laughs) (laughs) All the people love it, Chris. Uh, (laughs) 
Alright, well, my uh, my number four is uh, Reptar 2010 from Rugrats. Ooh. Uh, this is an episode where Grandpa Lou is watching the kids. They've popped in a VHS tape of the brand new movie Reptar 2010. Uh, when well, your, your choice. <laughs> <laughs> so future at that point, yeah. Uh, let's see. This kind of futuristic. <laughs> it, this aired in November of '93, so yeah, we're talking uh, 17 years yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, they're dry. watching the movie, and oh boy, wouldn't you know it? VHS tape stops working right, oh, right boy. before it ends. <laughs> uh, Grandpa pulls it out. The, the tape is just hanging from the uh, the VHS tape. Um, so in the episode, the kids have to kind of come up with their, how they think the movie ends while Grandpa's trying to fix the VHS tape. But uh, I said that, um, you know, even just the idea of imagining in the modern era of, like, not knowing how a movie ends because of either the tape snags or, like, snaps. Yeah. Or, just, like, that the, the vice you depended on for entertainment was tape-based. Um, is just a very, you know, and we're assuming here that uh, Grandpa Lou is not a hipster, so he's not, he's not, like, ironically collecting VHS tapes. Um, he so, would be now, though. I mean, he's that cool. Well, cool is, I think, collecting, I mean, VHS seems to be a very real thing reemerging here. That's what I'm saying, he's it. cool enough that if he were still alive, he would still be collecting. Yeah, maybe, like, fishing tapes or something. Yeah. King Fisher, <laughs> 9,000. <laughs> Um, so there isn't much to it besides that, but it did seem very definitive that there is no episode without a VHS tape. Uh, in this case, like this episode wouldn't happen. So, um, yeah. simple breaking of a VHS. Yeah. What did you search to find that one? V- video or tape? Hmm. Videotape. Yeah. You're you're good with this. I think that you're you're just better than I could be. Like you found a way to make your method efficient. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yep. Number three. Yep. Um, this is also a tie for me. This is, uh, I went with Kanan and Kel freezer burned, in which Kel accidentally switches a restroom sign at a restaurant, which leaves himself, Kenan, and quite a few others trapped in the freezer. <laughs> and Hey Dude Lost in the Desert, ah. in which... Uh, yes, I looked at this one. <laughs> Brad and Kyle are tied up and stranded in the desert by a group of young buckaroos. Yep. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that is the yeah. That is the um, summer. So these went together because my same complaint. I mean, my complaint about both of these is that somebody would have a cell phone. Yeah, and there it's would be by no getting phone. lost or trapped really, yep. unless you have some crazy explanation for why. It's just kind of an old like this t- type of thing happened. I feel like a lot in these shows, and now it's just over with. Totally. It? Yep. Phone phone would ruin it all. Yeah. Maybe it's just why like kid shows are. War- I mean, maybe I'm not a kid anymore, and so I don't watch kid shows. But uh, maybe it's, maybe <laughs> like, but, but well, I only '90s ones. But uh, <laughs> but maybe it's prohibitive to modern shows that like they have to now work around this yeah. technology yeah. because everything is solvable through it. Could be, and this is why their storytelling is poor. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chris, what's your uh, number three? I got a tie for number three as well. I got Salute Your Shorts. Shorts. Salute Your Shorts. Uh, Sponge Goes to the Movies. Mm-hmm. And Are You Afraid of the Dark? Tale of the Phone Police. Uh, sim- okay. Similar ideas here. <laughs> so um, here's the Sponge Goes to the Movies synopsis in case you don't know it. After sleeping through the camp's club choice day, Pinsky ends up in Sponge's, Sponge's computer club. 
He then decides to use the camp's outside modem to make long-distance phone calls. Sponge gets blamed for all the calls to try to make it up to him. Pinsky invites Sponge on a date with him and two girls from another camp. Classic Pinsky. (laughs) All the other kids decide to sneak out to the theater in order to watch Sponge's first date. But unbeknownst to them, Ugg is also going to the theater on a date with his girlfriend. The kids successfully hide from Ugg, who gets kicked out of the theater for yelling at a girl whom he misidentified as Budnick. Just, this is an underrated episode. This is, oh, I mean, it's great. Just, no, it's very good. Plot-wise, just as tight as a rope. Uh, meanwhile, Sponge and his date find out they have a lot in common and spend the entire time making out in a phone booth. All right. I don't even know if I have to say why that doesn't work. Modem phone booth like movies being like the ultimate date destination it is so quintessentially of its era and works so well um in that way but obviously you know there would never be this problem of the modem blocking ways to to make these outside calls uh you couldn't make out in a phone booth unless you got really lucky and found like a phone booth somewhere <laughs> and and likely your first date in 2019 is not going to be at a movie theater yeah um i just want to say that that's got to be if not the first one of the first mentions of a modem in anything and mm. that's crazy i don't it's know pretty if I, early. I bet you there's some modems in shelby woo <laughs> I think Shelby Wu came after this, so salute your shorts. Oh, it definitely Very came after early. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. Real Very quick, when, so you guys remember when X Files? Like X Files to me is the first show mm. that like really had cell phones yeah. as mm-hmm. part of it. Yeah. So when do you think cell phones became part of like TV culture? Oh, what year? Man. You already have an answer to this. I've I've an answer for one of. I'm assuming X Files started in ninety two or three. I think. The first mobile call was made in 1973. Okay. All right, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, okay, so if mobile phones became a thing in 1973, my guess would be 1984? Wait, you're talking the first mention of anywhere no or... i'm not talking about, i'm just talking about like when it became like a thing that like tv okay. shows okay. included not the first but like yeah. when it became like kind of normal i'm gonna say like 94 i'm gonna st- i'm gonna stick in the mid 80s okay cool all right so <laughs> no, no uh, i thought you had an answer to it <laughs> yeah but but the answer is upcoming okay oh. okay <laughs> it's, it's what they call a tease in the biz all right. It's a uh, slow tease. All right. So, 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 um, Sponge goes to the movies. I think pretty self-explanatory why that fits. Yep. Uh, are you are you afraid of the dark? Tell the phone police. Similar thing. These are my phone episodes. Um, first of all, no one makes prank phone calls anymore. Yeah. Um, instead of prank phone calls, you get uh like cyberbullying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It splits two ways. You get robocalls from like yeah. robots and cyberbullying on Twitter. Um, number two, no one answers the phone anymore. Right. Yeah. Like I'm. I don't know this number. Issue. I'm not picking yeah. it up. Yeah. Uh, number three, looking in a book to find Billy Baxter. <laughs> Definitely not going to happen. Although there are phone books. Where? They drop them off yeah. on your doorstep. I. 
if it if it makes it to the garbage before it makes it into my house, does it really exist? <laughs> did you watch really Did you watch Phone Police? Yes. Man, why is Billy Baxter's name so big? Big in the thing. Yeah. Everybody is it's normal, really and then just like in the middle of the page, it's like, well, if this guy's in prison or wherever he is, why why do they bold in all caps his name? <laughs> well, they do the same thing when they when uh, when the yeah. kid I don't remember what his name is, yeah. but when they replace it, his name yeah. is also just as big. Yeah, <laughs> six, just trying to catch those six numbers, prank callers. You know. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Only got six numbers. That's crazy. <laughs> I always crazy. liked that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh no, that doesn't go through. <laughs> Uh, also, the the very um, '90s trope of the random phone ringing, the random phone booth phone ringing yeah. as you walk by. Yeah, obviously doesn't happen anymore. But that happened <laughs> all the time in yeah. movies, like where you just happen to be walking by a phone booth and it starts ringing. Yep, which is weird to think about now, a little bit. Um, going to the phone company. As like just walking to the phone company to find out the phone number. Definitely thought about this. Yeah. Of a place. And in that episode, the phone company is a giant like marble yeah. building. Yeah, I love it. It's in the middle of downtown. This is this is what is holding the economy together. The we're, phone company. Where now it's like some dingy Verizon store with like a guy who does not want to help you. The guy you went to high school with yeah, that yeah. like you don't want to see again. Uh, and also I love the I love the sister figure in that. Mm. Um, and I think her first line is, you're going to get tagged by the phone police, you zero, <laughs> <laughs> which I appreciated. So that's my number three. Those two. Nice. Yeah, phone good. episodes. Yeah, phone, yeah. Uh, my number three is an episode we've talked about on the podcast before. It comes from Clarissa Explains It All, and it's called No TV. Mm. Uh, just the basic premise of mom cuts off TV for the week to a family. And this is, um, I think, a non-factor probably to the modern generation of kids who could stream whatever they want on their laptop or their phone and not really a punishment in any way. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, they could certainly make a modernized version mm-hmm. of it, um, but uh, it would almost just be too depressing to be funny. Like, I'm going to take your phone and then the kid begging for their phone back or something like that. So it just didn't seem like it would work at all. Yeah. And, it, and it's such a good... Uh, my top three are episodes that I think are very good as well. Ooh, like, um, like uh, you know, Picture Imperfect was a fun episode, but it, I wouldn't say it's a good episode uh, or a classic. But my top three here, I think, are, like, very memorable episodes of the shows they come from. So, I don't think no TV would happen. Uh, just interesting to think about kids getting, like, their stuff taken away now. Like, I can't yeah. imagine a kid going from having... Uh, cell phone and computer to having nothing like just what they do <laughs> in that nothing time yeah I mean, it used to be even just the thought of like weird, take it but... away it's like all right well i'll read a magazine or a books now i, I feel like a, the modern child would not even be able to like, like... expose to those things enough <laughs> to even do that what am i supposed to do with this <laughs> Whew, yeah. that is bleak <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, we don't have to dwell too much on it. Let's uh, let's really get into the uh, the meat here. Yeah. Uh, what's your number two? Um, my number two is another tie. It is. Boy, you guys. <laughs> it is Keenan and Kel dial O for Oops, in which 
Keenan attempts to ask out a girl who happens to be the daughter of his father's mean boss, Mr. Dawson. Oh, I remember that. But in the process, he leaves a scandalous message on their answering machine. <laughs> Keenan and Kel must go to the house and swap the answering machine tape before the Dawsons come home and listen to it. <laughs> what you talking about? Shh, it's ringing. This is the Dawson residence. No one is here to take your call. Leave your name and number at the feet tone. We'll call you back when we have time. It's the answer machine. What should I do? I don't want it. No, no. Man, hey, why don't you just leave a message? I didn't practice leaving a message. Well, I think you better off. Why you want to date that girl? Her dad's a mean, horrible jerk. My father's the one that thinks he's a mean, horrible jerk. <laughs> you know? I mean, one time my dad said that Mr. Dawson was so dumb, he couldn't find his face with boom hands. <laughs> Mr. Dawson job before too long, so he just waited until he had a job. Right, Keenan? Hey, hey, what's, what's wrong, Keenan? Keenan, Keenan, what's wrong? Keenan, 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 stop saying my name. Why, Keenan? The phone? You didn't hang up the phone? So, so, everything we just said was recorded on the Dawson's answer machine. Um, and the other one is Hey Arnold, Helga Blabs It All, which is uh, while under the influence of laughing gas, Helga leaves a message on Arnold's answering machine <laughs> confessing her love for him. Oh, when boy. she finally comes to, she realizes that she has to get to Arnold's answering machine and delete the message before <laughs> anyone else can hear it. Answering machine, automatic. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my favorite, like, this era thing yes. tropes that they go through classic um, Seinfeld too yes. of getting to the answering yeah. machine yeah and of course there are no answering machines this is just an impossible storyline now yeah I guess unless maybe you steal someone's cell phone and break into it but yeah you're out of luck I'm afraid in this day not too long ago I was watching an episode of um the OC humble brag and uh <laughs> There, it was probably from like either 2006 or 7 and there was a storyline with an answering wow. machine I'm like this must be the last <laughs> yeah. episode of television that wow. had to utilize an answering machine because iPhones were created in 07 so wow. um, yeah just even thinking about an answering machine it's like what yes. like, <laughs> it's one of those like in between technologies that only existed for a short amount of time and it's Seems crazy. That now. it had a tape in it that yeah. you would have to flip. Tiny tape. Or, yes. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm, Not I, even a normal size tape. I remember my mom had a dresser and like the bottom drawer pulled out was just like tapes. <laughs> like just it was like you know because you would save some. I was like yeah. oh you know this was a call from so and so. Yeah. Um, boy. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's really good. I don't know if you guys were friends with Brett at the time when he had the. Uh, are you familiar with Brett's answering machine? Mm, sure. I don't think so. Believe it or not. Oh, yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. Uh, a take from Seinfeld, yeah. yeah. Yep. I I briefly had at my house, uh, sorry we're not home right now, walking. Whoa. <laughs> Boy, your, your, mom, your mom's really let you uh, yeah. spread your wings. Yeah. Uh, that, this was done unbeknownst to her. Uh, <laughs> Even better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she yeah. changed it once she found out that that's what it was. But yeah. but I did change. I yeah, I had. And that's the other thing, kind of setting your um, setting whatever your 
yeah. answering machine message, outgoing message would yeah. be. I mean, you could still do it on your cell phone now, but I feel like people don't even think about it now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This, and you those... don't want to give anybody the indication that that is actually you if they yeah. if you're not right. don't want them to get a hold of you. Right. Well, I'm, I'm not. I was never as paranoid. Well, okay. As, <laughs> I can appreciate are. that. Yeah. Uh, those are very strong. Yeah. I like the voice. I like the answering machine. Yeah. For sure. All right, so my number two, I am almost sure aired on Nickelodeon. <laughs> it is an episode, it is a segment of Tiny Toon Adventures called One Beer. Mm. Okay. This is very controversial. Acqu- acquired, but sure. I'm excited to share this with you. Okay. So according to several YouTube comments, people are sure this aired on Nickelodeon. Mm. It it either aired, aired on Nickelodeon or on like Fox or whatever else. WB. WB. Mm. Um, so this is a, a segment from the larger episode called Elephant Issues. So, alright. You ready for this? This is great. <laughs> um, the segment involves Buster, Plucky, and Hampton drinking a single beer from the fridge. Um, the... Um, Buster's the one I think who opens it. Plucky and Hampton tell him not to do it, but Buster's like, I'm going to drink it. Uh, then they start burping incessantly, and like a groove gets going. That is, uh, and then they start kind of like. It's, I feel get, like I remember this maybe. It gets a little trippy, and it, it's very similar to uh, the Dumbo drunk yeah. scene. Yeah. What'll it be, boys? Juice? Milk? Soda? Or. A cold one. You mean... That's beer. What are you thinking, Buster? Let's drink it. Drink it? But Buster, this isn't like you. I know, but in this episode, we're showing the evils of alcohol. Don't you guys drink beer? Uh, so the the dudes they run into the gals. Uh, Babs is Babs the the yeah. Uh, she says Barfarama. They've been drinking. Then they go on several drunken adventures, including stealing a car, and then they crash it and die. <laughs> For real? Yeah, that's how the episode ends. How do you know what? they die? Well, it's implied that they are. I mean. It's a big crash. Is it a dream sequence or something? No. Huh. Did you tr- try to track down the episode? Or? Yeah, yeah. It it was banned after like being shown on TV twice. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it, if you're in the weird circles of, of of humans that know what the banned cartoon shows mm-hmm. of the '90s are, it's it's infamous. It's very well known. Um, hmm. Uh. And according to Louis Eugenio Jr., this aired on Nickelodeon in 1995 or 1996. Okay. But I couldn't find, like, for sure confirmation of, like, when it aired on Nickelodeon. But a bunch of people said, like, they're sure it did. Hmm. Um, If you don't mind, I've got a couple of YouTube comments. Of course. Let's hear it. Alright, so this first one is from Bender Bending Rodriguez. He says, 
one beer is nothing to me. <laughs> That's good. Cool. I can't Bender. believe you got that name, that screen name. Uh, is is that like a? I mean, his his avatar is Bender from. Yeah, it's his full name on the show. Oh, really? Uh, okay. So the the next one is a thread. Um, this become this comes from Isabel. The first one is Isabel Rivera. She says, I remember watching the full version on TV. I always thought when I was little you had to take one sip of beer to get drunk. Now I know you need a full case. Disgustipated 707 replies, You sure you've been drinking a whole case of beer? You LOL, you look 12. Then FLGY Freak says, Drinking a case and knowing a case is needed for inebriation are two different unrelated possibilities. It is advised that you consider all possibilities before drawing conclusions. Disgustipated 707 replies to this. Such big words. I'm not sure my tiny brain can process such an advanced <laughs> vocabulary. Sorry. And then the, the kicker. FYGH Freak says, I'm in 11th grade and I have five felonies. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> That's a very interesting <laughs> string of comments. Just incredible. <laughs> Just incredible. And this is what Tiny Teens brings us to. Oh, yeah. boy. Well, That's, nice one. Yeah, very nice. Uh, my number two is from The Adventures of Pete and Pete. It is, of course, an episode called The Call, uh, which aired in September of 1994. And uh, its premise is solely based around a ringing payphone in an empty lot. Sure, um, should have thought of it. And, uh, <laughs> and um, you know, this is just not... Uh, Payphones are, as you've mentioned, yeah. we've mentioned, payphones are just not really going to be uh, central to any episode in 2019. Again, I consider the call a classic episode of Nickelodeon, so uh, I felt like it had to be ranked a little higher because it wouldn't exist at all now. Um, the idea of like a ringing cell phone is not intriguing at all. Uh, so it's, I think even someone to suggest, well, yeah, you could still do it. Not really. Um, Do not, you think if, if you showed this episode to like a thirteen-year-old mm-hmm. who was cool, now that they would like get it and like think it was cool? Well, I think the idea of a ringing phone, like, yeah, I think they would get it. I yeah, th- but but I don't know, like the idea of a ringing phone, like that's like something that they would ignore. Well, I think maybe they'd be like, why doesn't it stop ringing? Like the <laughs> idea that like a phone could just keep ringing uninterrupted just because no one's picking it up doesn't exist anymore. Um, so that might be a little weird, I guess. But um, I think they could get it. Yeah, yeah. I think they'd grasp I hope so. the... Yeah. I think they think it was silly, <laughs> rather than, like... To me, it's, like, a very sentimental and nice-feeling yeah. episode. I think they would think, like, this is dumb. But uh, maybe that's just a cynical bleak outlook. <laughs> But anyway, the call. I don't think I don't think it would happen. Okay. Nice. Well, uh, that brings us to number one. Sure does. This was pretty definitive for me. <laughs> I went with Alex Mack, the videotape. Alex, you're the one I can't believe. Right, I'm sorry. I just wanted to impress Dad. Well, getting the videotape back from Vince ought to be the most impressive thing you've ever done in your entire life. Um, In this episode, during a class trip to Paradise Valley Chemical Plant, Alex unwittingly shows off her powers in front of a video camera. 
Now she must sneak in and get the tape before Danielle Atron and her cronies, <laughs> Vince Carter <laughs> and Dave Watt, can get a chance to see it. Yeah. Um, my main problem with this is if Alex Mack got caught on any tape anywhere, that'd be it. That'd be the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, be over <laughs> the in like moments. Would be yeah. Over, yeah. There's just no way you could get around this one, I don't think. I don't even think you could like rework it to make it make sense. This is just an impossible one. Work. Like once recorded. Yes. Done. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's but because a physical videotape can be acquired <laughs> <Yes>. here. <laughs> Luckily, there was only there was no internet, I guess, at this time. But well, there's internet at Alex Mactor. I mean, oh, I see. I for see. this episode, yeah, there yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's a good I one. Mean, yeah, I, I like the idea that it's number one because it would cancel the series. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. There'll be no more Alex Mack. That's true. The videotape. Okay. She's gone viral. <laughs> well, Chris, what is number one? Uh, my number one is an episode of uh, Ye Old Welcome Freshman called Technology. Ooh. Alex, is there something you'd like to share with the rest of us? No. I mean, it's just that we're living in the 90s now, coach. People work out with aerobic machines and circuit training devices. Yeah, and they dance to music and do combinations and stuff. Combinations? What do you think this is, ballet class? But, Coach, don't you think you're being a little blind to technology and the modern methods of exercise? Yeah. yeah. Silence! So the little ladies want a little technology in their workout. Isn't that just ducky? Funny, just... I uh, saw the title of this one. I just couldn't find enough about it to justify picking it. But. Big mistake. You should have. <laughs> I watched this episode three times. Wow, <laughs> must have been a good one. It was good. <laughs> I, this is the one that I was thinking of. Like, there is a lot of breaking the fourth wall, like talking. I think that I don't. Okay, I haven't watched enough to know if this is a thing that the series does, but they do, like, in this one, they're like, this week's episode is about technology. Like, they make yeah. it very much about. The episode is framed as, like, the ethical, the ethics of technology. Like, is technology good or bad, ultimately? Hmm. And the, it's a really interesting half hour of TV, because it doesn't have a clear plot. And if it does have a plot, it only happens in the last, like, three minutes of the show. And it's just, like, these little sketches that are all about technology and, like, the ways that it's good and the way that, ways that it's bad. But it's really dated in a lot of funny ways. Um... So, yeah, it almost feels like a PSA at times. It treats the pros and cons of technology, sometimes directly addressing the camera. Uh, here's a quote from the show. Hey, don't worry, guys. With all these advances in technology, someday all of our exercises will be done for us. We can just lie around and get fat and push buttons. And it won't matter because everything will be voice activated and our arms and legs will shrivel up from not being used. <laughs> I mean, if, are they close. wrong? <laughs> pretty except close. for it not mattering, I guess. Yeah, yeah except for it not mattering. Wanna. So um, this episode includes some of the following scenarios. A fantasy about talking on cellular phones to Ooh. each other uh, from the classroom to like in the hallway. This is 1991. Wow. Uh, a homework machine. Uh, a portable paper recycler. 
my favorite, which is an electric pen that writes your papers for you so you don't have to physically write them. Like, could not envision a word processor. Instead, it was an electric pen. Well, probably because teachers were still collecting so many materials that needed to be handwritten. Yes. Like, like all right, I can't have the expectation that you can go home and type this. So uh, that would be... That would make sense. And, and the main character, like picks up the electric pen and like it goes crazy and like you can't put it down i I need to emphasize the acting in the show is worse than your seventh grade spanish project (laughs) like it really reminds me of that but like i took that stuff seriously when i was in seventh grade i was going to make sure that my seventh grade spanish video was funny and like the writing on the show is very good (laughs) funny in quotes no no i mean funny without quotes funny I mean, without quotes. i mean no i just think like the kids on welcome freshmen certainly thought they were being funny yeah but i was funny. <laughs> okay all right, all right um the the writing of the show is actually i think pretty good but the but the acting is i recommend everyone out there watch an episode or two of welcome freshmen the disparity between the writing and the acting is incredible um, okay, a couple other things from this show, from this episode. There's also a prank no more suit of armor against bullying. Because bullying was so bad that like you had to wear a suit of armor to avoid being wedgied or, or whatnot. That wouldn't happen now. Um, and another really creepy one, uh, an electronic girl watcher that you could... It was a it was a bracelet you could put on a, the wrist of a girl if you're oh, a boy no. and be able to watch her at all times. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we call that GPS now, like or stalking or stalking. We 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 yeah. call that uh, misdemeanor at best. <laughs> uh, th- this episode also includes like teens not understanding what a microchip is. Like that's a big mm, thing. Yeah. It's like like. There's like a nerdy kid who understands what a microchip is. And yeah, no one else they haven't does. watched Shelby Woo yet. Yeah. 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 Uh, we also get a teacher choking a kid. Sure. Uh, in this episode. We also get. For, for laughs? Uh, yeah, for laughs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we also get a very masculine female gym teacher mm. who's actually just a man in drag. Oh, okay. Which. Progressive. Fly. Yeah. Uh, and who's also an ex con. It's not progressive. No. <laughs> It is playing on the stereotype of, like, women who teach gym or health as being inherently masculine hmm. and not, like, women. Is that a thing? Enough. Are you just... No, that's a thing. <laughs> oh, boy, Listen to Is that a thing? Yes. 90%. No, 10%. 10% of people are always idiots. Moving on. All right. Um, the, uh, there's a, but it's an interesting show. I think that we should revisit this. I know it didn't make it for next week. But We've never visited it. Yeah, <laughs> we should visit it. Uh, it stylistically, it's very similar to Clarissa. Mm-hmm. Like I would almost go as far to say is that not that it's better. No, no, no. Uh, that Clarissa s- takes a few elements oh. of its style. Like hmm. it makes me feel like Car- Clarissa isn't quite as original as I thought originally because like the the music. There's a lot of daydream sequences that mm. like you're imagining stuff. Very similar. Clarissa is much better, but it's formally very similar to Clarissa. But anyway, there were, it was just chock full of things that couldn't happen. It's my number one. It's great. Let's all watch Welcome <laughs> <Right>. Freshman. <laughs> okay. 
good rallying cry. Yeah. yeah, that was a good one, though. Uh, my number one is an episode of Doug called Doug's Secret Song. There I was, under the glaring lights, the cameras rolling, and me with the hiccups. I couldn't think of a single song to sing. Except... Patty, you the ketchup on my fries. Patty, you the ice in my... Patty, you the mustard on my... Which... Oh, great. Now my hiccups are gone. That's the thing about hiccups. You never get them when you want them. This was a disaster. I'm going to erase this as soon as I get home. Yeah, if you know who ever found out you videoed a song about... Ow! Hey, Patty. Hey, Doug. Hey, Skeeter. Uh, hey, Patty. Funny. Mayonnaise, pickup, bone, pickup. Isn't this place great? I'm taking my video over to BB's tonight. She's having an up all night party. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, well, gotta run. See ya. Uh, see ya. Uh, which aired in September of 1992. This is, of course, the episode with the famous uh, Patty, you're the mayonnaise for me, uh, where Doug goes to a. <laughs> Doug goes to a mall. To go to a store with a recording booth where he would sit inside the recording booth, play the song, it would record him on a videotape, then he had to go pick up the videotape, and then there's a mix-up uh, with between videotapes, and he thinks Patty might have access to his secret song. Um, so, a, a whole bunch of things here. One, the idea of going to a mall to record something uh, is, Beautiful. is almost... Uh, almost too old even by the 90s like it's, for sure <laughs> it's like whoever wrote this grew up in the 60s and like they they remembered that um the idea of like recording a song on a vhs is certainly um 90s uh and then yeah the idea you know nowadays you just get out your phone go to voice memo record open your laptop go to garage band it's just uh Doug would not, this song would, there'd be no mix-up, make yeah. no mix-up possible. <laughs> uh, and so I think it's a, it's another kind of classic episode of Nick, and I think it doesn't exist in uh, 2019. Can yes. you, yeah. can you do a rendition? <laughs> like right now? Yeah. I don't think I know all the words. Okay, Patty, you're the, I'm not, fries, is that part of it? Yeah, he's hiccuping, yeah, you're, yeah, and it's like, Patty, she's you're the ketchup like, on my tea. Well, I think she's mm. the ketchup on his french fries yeah oh so it sounds like you know it <laughs> i'm just no i'm using logic <laughs> i'm guessing the ketchup isn't in the tea <laughs> uh, you know the dude in bluffington <laughs> all right well uh really solid do yeah. we have any crossover no crossover that is incredible that is crazy i think it's a testament to how difficult of a task this was yeah. like we had to like go off in our own yeah methods yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's take a look at close calls. Um, my close call was Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Tale of the Whispering Walls. Uh, also considered. <laughs> <laughs> Just another one of these ones where it's like dependent on not having a phone or any GPS uh, yes, yes any ability to stay on track or like you can't no they really... never get out of the car to ask for directions yes yes P period just yes. insanity but 
the reason it didn't make my list is because with Are You Afraid of the Dark, I felt like most of them were easier to ex- easier to change the story a little bit to make it work yeah, than just other shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought so. about that one, but I thought that like it's the babysitter that's driving, right? Yeah. Babysitters mm-hmm. are notoriously dumb. Okay. I mean, they would have to have a phone yeah. or something. I mean, some way of not... Google Maps yeah. or... Yeah. It just... I mean, when you're out in the sticks, that stuff doesn't work. And then, like, if you've ever been, like, driving, like, you thought you knew where you were, and then, like, you have no phone reception, and all of a sudden, like, your Google Maps, your Waze just doesn't work. It, it have doesn't you gotten work. lost a lot of times? I've been lost <laughs> quite a bit in my life. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and, like, you just have no idea where you are. So, mm. like, if, it, if it's as weird of a spot as it seems to be, mm. I could see it where, like, you don't have any phone reception. Well... It didn't make my list, uh, my official list. But also, I felt. Like, <laughs> I feel like there's a couple other Are You Afraid of the Darks that like have a similar setup, yeah. but like um, Phantom Cab. Yes, Phantom Cab. But mm-hmm. like in that one, you could be like they're in the woods. Yes, maybe there's no reception yeah. or the same issues happening with the compass with your yeah. phone and it's easier yeah. And, yeah even get like an uber or something or, yeah, yeah. I, so yeah okay i think so i thought about all the getting lost episodes like there's there's there, several doug ones yes too yeah, there's a couple dugs that i that i thought about with that but my close call is tell the renegade virus oh see Interesting. i'm yeah, go ahead <laughs> uh well, again, it's a close call, because <laughs> ultimately I didn't think I could make the case. Maybe it's the most modern episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? But the way that, like, the, like, future and technology is depicted in it is so lame and so weird. I would argue that, like, pretty much what he's in are, like, VR goggles, which are yeah. extremely popular. Okay. Yeah, it was a close call. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> Moving on. Joey, what do you Well, the, you, okay. I, I understand where yeah, you're coming yeah. from. It, totally. it's it's not, seems, I thought about it a lot. Yeah, I wanted to find a... It's my close call because I wanted to find a way to make it work, and I ultimately couldn't. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I, and it's same as my close call. Interesting, all Are You Afraid of the Dark close calls, mm. uh, but it was on your list, um, The Tale of the Phone Police. Uh. Um, just, well, even with, like you said, caller ID, I just don't know if it totally would work anymore. Prank calls aren't... I think kids. I don't. I don't think they yeah. think they're very funny. But uh, did you guys prank call when you were kids? I think uh, yes, but not like not as a hobby. I feel like with Alan. I mean, I. Hmm. Feel... Do, I remember doing it with, at Alan's house. Yeah. A few times. Me yeah. and Brett were very into it. Wow, jerky boy fans. Uh. No, we were stupider than that. It was like it was <laughs> stupider than that. It was almost like that episode. Like, is your refrigerator running? Yeah. We used to call the same girl. We used to call her incessantly, uh, for whatever reason, with like dumb prank calls. It's mm. Unfortunate for her. <laughs> uh, okay, well, cool. Uh, any others you wanted to mention? Uh... I just have one extra thing to add. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an episode that I thought. I like it more, actually, thinking about um, how it would play now. And I... <laughs> I don't know how you're going to so feel it's about a- this one. you feel it's aged I feel even like, better. Yes, it's improved over Ooh, time. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. 
Um, and it's The Call, I'm afraid. Uh. Um, for me, I actually thought, wow, this, like, to me makes it even more crazy. Like, the only phone booth left. Like, as if they mm. left that phone that one phone booth up because of this happening. And this is, like, even more weird. I like it from a 2019 standpoint, though I don't think tr Pete and Pete is treating it cool, like a nostalgic thing. Um, yeah, no. I just think that if it if they were to do it now, yes. for me it would like play like, wow, that's even... Like if you were a it kid could be now, like, it would be like, whoa. It could be a even... Twilight Zone episode yeah, now. Yeah. Like that's kind of its status. So I get that. Yeah, I get that as an interesting episode. Okay. A good, no, a good like twist to feel. it. Yeah, a good twist to the thought. Uh, so a couple people did give us uh, some of their thoughts on episodes they think would would have uh, been impossible. Mm. Uh, we oh, heard... so were you privy to this before uh, you did your list? No, sir. I would. I'm no such scoundrel. <laughs> I, I I made my list and then posed the question. Okay. Um, we heard from our buddy Brett Wilson, who's uh, doing some of the art for this show, including the art for this episode, which is. Really cool. Yes, uh, really great. Got, I didn't see uh, it. It's awesome. Oh yeah, it's a little uh, one half is little Pete in nineteen ninety four on the on the payphone, calling himself in two thousand nineteen grown up Pete Whoa. on a cell phone. Oh yeah, the cool. style's really great. Yeah, this, uh, yeah, Brett's really talented. Uh, he uh, amazing. Appropriately, yeah. he picked uh, Stimpy's cartoon. Oh. Says mm. he he says since barely anyone utilizes <laughs> traditional two D animation now. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Real nerdy pick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nostal. Nostalgia Lodian uh, picked uh, Phone Police. They said uh, mm -hmm. this episode would just be awkward now, uh, as did uh, C Plaque 2. They picked Phone Police. Um, Sva, aka Beardy, picked Pete and Pete the Call. Um, Zach, uh, Bra uh, Zach Brown, who is also a great artist, uh, he picked uh, the majority of the Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes. Those kids never had adult supervision, <laughs> which we talked about. I mean, yeah. none of the Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes happen unless like their parents leave the house yeah. all the time. <laughs> Um, Wait, why can't they just hang out like on the weekends at night in the woods? Like during the episodes, like the oh, not the midnight society. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the episodes take place without adults around. I feel like that's a '90s Nickelodeon trope. I don't even know if "trope" is the right word though. Like that's a big important part of pretty much every show is that parents aren't around. Yeah, which yeah. is amazing. Which was true. Which yeah. is why my childhood was way better than the average twelve-year-old's childhood now. Yeah. <laughs> truth yeah uh ji114562 said the salute your shorts where sponge had to sneak to use the payphone to call the dj radio call yeah. contest mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh pat long said the call from pete and pete phone booths uh he just hit mom up in the dms for sure <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like it. Uh, the phone police from are you afraid of the dark uh from cole2286 uh, Justin Carrion 53 said the episode of Kablam where Henry and June go to the real world. <laughs> I guess <laughs> physically impossible, yes. Um, but possible then? What's that? But possible then? No, never possible. <laughs> Throw it out. Bad take. Well, he's entitled to his take. <laughs> no, no. The, the whole point is it was possible then, not possible now. That's what makes it interesting. Okay, alright. Throw it um, out. <laughs> Gotta have standards here. <laughs> Right. Uh, Vince uh, Vincenzo said, "Are you afraid of the dark? Tale of the Whispering Walls uh, with nice. G with GPS. Nobody would ever yeah. get lost." Yep. Yep. Uh, and Marley Mook said, "Every Ren and Stimpy episode ever." Wow. Ever, I hate these every every once. I think that was the only one. 
No, the the every are are you afraid of the dark? Oh. Well, but I get the point. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't get the point. I think that it's important to be, <laughs> as an educator, I think it's important to be specific. It's so easy to just say, well, you know, like, all of that stuff. Well, I think Are You Afraid of the Dark, or I mean, uh, well, Are You Afraid of the Dark was, a big part was the parents thing, you know. Yeah, but you gotta explain yourself. Here, and, I think okay. everyone, Ren- because here's right, my specific right. thesis. Okay. I want to hear the, what's the Ren and Simpy thesis? I don't know. I have a guess. Well, okay, what do just you think it is? that it's like wouldn't fly to like the inappropriate oh, stuff, like wouldn't like it just wouldn't air. By. Yeah. Okay. Know. Example one. Example like. Uh, well, that is a pretty definitive example. You yeah. had stuff on your list that you just don't think it would air to. I know, but I'm wondering what are the Renaissance examples of? Well, there was. I mean, even the fact that you just talked to kids in the '90s and they're like, "My parents didn't let me watch." Yeah, that. yeah. That was the '90s, so I just feel like uh, you know, just wouldn't yeah. wouldn't fly by like. Like TV, like the censors and. Yeah, I think that. Do you think that parents are, mm, on the whole, more watchful about what their kid, what the media their it, kids consume? I don't think it's even possible no. to be more watchful. I know that's my point. It's like so. I don't know if that argument. I think makes it's sense. just that it wouldn't. On air. the whole, we're more sensitive about this thing, stuff. And at the time when this stuff came what out, what is this stuff? Uh, these show, well, the inner, what, whatever we're deeming is inappropriate. But like, let's whatever label that. Let's say like, okay, well, it's hard it's... to label that. It's like what go, what is so over the line? Of the exercise. Not... Yeah. Well, we got to figure out what is over the line now. We've been trying to do this for decades. Trying no, to figure. We've been this trying out. to do this today, and we did it. <laughs> but this is part. well, yeah. but but it's kind of a separate category of impossible. I'm not even sure this is what Marley was talking about. <laughs> Well, we don't know, because Marley didn't tell us. Yeah. What get, are you talking about, get Marley? Get back to us, Marley. So we heard from some people. Uh, Bup. Nice. Our old buddy Bup. Uh, <laughs> now, he's a very specific thing we talked about on Rocco, which was uh, we have a lot of listeners in Illinois, but we don't really know who. Uh, he says, I'm from and still reside in Illinois. Uh, oh, by the way, the title of this email is shout out to BOC, but mostly Max. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, <laughs> He said, I respect it. He knows what he's doing. Sure. Max knows what he's doing. <laughs> he says, I imagine your listenership is so high here because we need the wonderful distraction and entertainment your show provides in order to help forget that we live in Illinois, where our main exports are unnecessarily high taxes and corrupt government officials. But at least we have Chicago. Well, I just made myself depressed again. Catch you later. Godspeed, my Vikings. What's up, Bob? Bringing it. Yeah. Hey, BOC. Belated congratulations on 100 episodes. Thank you for all the work you guys put into making this podcast so much fun to listen to every week. I'm excited you'll be discussing an episode of The Amanda Show. Mm-hmm. An irrelevant anecdote. When I was a kid, there was this wall at one of our local establishments that had messages written all over it. And taking inspiration from Debbie from the girls' room, I wrote, I like eggs. <laughs> <laughs> a week <laughs> A week or so later, I saw that someone had written in response, I love pancakes. Aww. That's amazing. It was, it was Melissa. <laughs> Keep on being awesome, Allie. Very nice. Yeah, thanks, thanks Allie. Yeah. Another Amanda fan out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is from Maggie. The title, or the subject of this is, Hey, I'm reviewing some Arnold. Maggie writes, Greetings, Dino Spumoni and Rex Smythe Higgins. 
It's a bit late, but I wanted to send in my thoughts of your latest write-in episode. I always love when you guys talk, take a show that I'm super familiar with, like Keenan and Kel, and make such unique yet fitting stories based on it. Your Hey Arnold write-in episode did not disappoint. Number one, home. I felt Andrew did a good job, she said good, <laughs> of portraying a kind of quiet and sweet episode about Arnold's parents. The show could have used the story as a build-up to Parents' Day, but the Jungle movie pretty much ruins my enjoyment of any episode <laughs> featuring Mr. and Mrs. Shortman. After so much... Is it Shortman or Shortman? Shortman, I always think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. After so many years of wondering, they turn out to be clingy parents who could only say the word Arnold? I think Andrew gave a wonderful glimpse, she said wonderful here, into their family history without ruining any mystery. I would like to see him take a crack at the Jungle Movie script. Oh. <laughs> there you go, Andrew. <laughs> I might rewrite that. <laughs> Number two, Electrical Relations. This was a great sto- story that used an awesome amount of hair on characters. I really appreciate how Alex explained it with so much detail, too. Helga and Harold are my favorites, and I loved how they were incorporated. The picture of Helga throwing up in Dinoland is permanently burned into my mind. So funny. Agreed. Electri- I also love that title. Electrical Number three, the organ player. Joey made his own version of Stoop Kid and Pigeon Man, and it worked wonderfully. Once again, I love the inclusion of Helga. The story had all the features of an iconic Arnold episode. Iconic. What can I say? <laughs> Making a totally original story about Brainy's dad was genius. If you can't tell, Brainy is another one of my favorite characters. All right, you, you get like two. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting crazy here. All right, uh, the closing dialogue was a nice touch too. Um, so then she concludes. I think all these stories fit Hey Arnold very well, but the winner for me would have been the organ player. On a completely different note, I was wondering what you dudes thought of Weezer, the Teal album. Wow. <laughs> this Chris, is... Chris is so happy. <laughs> no scrubs and happy together blew me away. Paranoid was just weird. Sincerely, Maggie, the strongest fangirl in the world. <laughs> nice. Um, well, I'm guessing you haven't I have listened not to the Teal album. I have also not listened to the Teal album. Um, I've heard a few of the songs. Is this new? It's their cover album. Yeah, I, I realized that from Maggie's oh. email, but yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, they well they released it spontane- spontaneously, just kind of out of the blue. Because <clears throat> no record label wanted to teal. release it. I'm sure it's on a record label. I, I know that. Was um, like a... uh, I not 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 uh, my cup of tea. Um. Look, we, yeah, Weezer, it, Weezer sucks now. Uh, <coughs> Weezer, uh, after... I mean, if you can go up to Maladroit, I'll give you that. That's fine. This is my personal opinion, but I know that I sound like... Uh, I go to Red. Go yes, to- I know, and you are over the line. <laughs> uh, I assume that uh, many of the listeners are familiar with the SNL skit. Uh, Probably not. <laughs> well, if you're not and you care about Weezer, watch the SNL skit. With, yeah, just uh, search SNL Weezer. Yeah, with, 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 with Matt Damon. But I'm firmly in the... What's your Leslie name? Jones. In, in the Leslie Jones camp. Uh, I mean, pretty much word for word her dialogue in that expresses my feelings about Weezer, which is that after a certain point... Um, it, it is just inexcusable to to allow a band that you love so much to uh, to 
clearly just lose any interest in being creative, interesting, challenging themselves. Which is not to say that they can't still make good music, but I think that for someone who grew up thinking that that was just the coolest band there was, to see how their career has devolved from there, even as they've become more popular and made more money, is depressing and is one of those like sad stories about growing up. Which isn't to say that there's anything wrong with liking any of their more modern songs. I just personally find it unethical. Unethical. <laughs> okay. I mean, I could see it not being your cup of tea, but no, it's, I it's, don't think that it's unethical. Yeah, I mean, Joey's running for mayor of Nickelodeon right now <laughs> because I know that he feels the same way and he just won't say it. Well, she asked her opinion on the Teal album. Yeah, I know. I I don't even need to hear it to know that. Like, there's no <laughs> Uh, my opinion is I will never listen to the album, but I understand what they're doing. Well, let me ask you this. Making money. You, that is all they're doing. You that is all that Rivers Cuomo cares okay, about, is totally. making money. But do you like, you don't like any cover albums at all? No. Or you don't no. like their versions of it? Or you just don't I like... I also don't like any cover albums at all. I, I, you know, I haven't followed all of this, but I, from the outskirts, my... A feeling has been that the difference is like um, being like having some sort of uh, difficulty going on yourself, like some like internal struggle going on that like helps you create what you're doing or mm. not. Right. And, when and once you, you lose that, it's like it becomes a little bit just less. Um, powerful or meaningful or i think that's a huge thing with weezer i think that like that is the story of rivers cuomo's songwriting is like when he lost that sense of like i'm up against it the world doesn't i don't fit in the world he stopped being able to write good music and like the great artists whether it's a writer whether it's a painter whether it's a songwriter they're able to experience success and find a new whether it's an athlete, you find success, you find a new chip on your shoulder, you find a new way to feel like you you need to express yourself in some way. And you recreate something, you like recreate yourself in the image of like what people don't understand about you or about the world that you see in a unique way. And Weezer has failed to do that since 2000. Okay. Well, we have it. Well, I think that wraps up impossible <laughs> episodes. Uh... <laughs> what are we talking about <laughs> sorry. <next week? laughs> sorry 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 I, it's totally cool if <laughs> like whatever you like I, I am i don't i'm not trying to be authoritative i'm just trying to express an opinion yeah very good um well next week we're talking cousin skeeter it was voted on what? by the people that's yeah. the one that people voted yeah yeah, yeah. cousin skeeter Oh, you know I love Skeeter. Sure. <laughs> we know. <laughs> You've been uh, Skeeter's probably biggest advocate on the show. Um, we're, we're talking about an episode called The Feminine Mesquite, mm. <laughs> uh, which is a really... Uh... <laughs> on the title alone. <laughs> That's three Kreb stars just <laughs> at the title. <laughs> Yeah, it's a season two episode, The Feminine Miss Skeet, so we'll, uh, it'll be our first uh, dive into Cousin Skeeter, somehow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we mentioned... Uh, Pilots. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
In the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, we're on Twitter at BOC Podcast. We're on Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. You can hear us on Podbean and iTunes. You can email us, as all those fine people did, uh, at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com. Tell a friend. Tell people. <laughs> Make a poster. Chris, uh, thank you for really bringing it. Yes. You, you had some really good episodes there. Well, I you told me you guys had seven, and that made me feel like I had to work harder. <laughs> that you needed 14. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm sorry to Miss Skeeter. I can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. Give me a call when you guys get to Welcome Freshman, though. Definitely. Yeah. We'll keep you in mind. Well, uh, see you guys next episode. I know it. I really wanted you to sing that. No interest? What's up? No interest in singing that? Hell no.